I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sorry in advance if my voice sounds like I have transformed into a robot. I'm not a robot. I just have a sinus infection. That sounds like something a robot would say. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. What if I said, I am not a robot. Is that clearer? That sounds like someone with a science infection would say. Yeah. Well, good then. We'll carry on. <laughs> Hello there. This is I Only Like You, Easter edition. It's a week late. Sinead's been sick. We couldn't do anything last week while she was sick. She couldn't speak. <laughs> it would have been a very difficult podcast. We could have done a video podcast. You could have, have written just, yeah. or something and held up signs. I was writing notes to you to instruct you in a notebook, so maybe I could have just somehow mimed, could have done an interpreted dance of my experience of the film. I'd like to have seen that. We've seen Beauty and the Beast um, a little while ago now, but as a time of recording, but still a good movie. We're still going to talk about it. <laughs> Last week was Easter, and Sine couldn't really do Easter this year, but... I'm, I celebrated my own Easter after Well, what Easter. is Easter? It's eating chocolate, isn't it, for us? Yeah. So you did that. So you did do Easter, I suppose. Actually helped my throat a bit. But what do you want to talk about Easter? So now what, what's upset you about Easter? You know what upsets me about Easter is novelty chocolate. So you've got your classics, right? You've got your Cadbury, you've got your Lent, you've got, I don't know, Nestle, I guess, does stuff. Nestle does stuff. Good. That can be their tag, their little logo. Oh, they do Nestle do stuff. Nestle does stuff. There's Kinder. Yeah, yeah. And they're all great. But you see these, like, chocolates that look so exciting, like little Star Wars chocolates, like a chocolate BB-8 or, you know, a chocolate football, things that are so fun. But the chocolate that's making, like, that makes them is crap chocolate. Merchandise chocolate is never good. No. Why, though? Well, I guess Capri doesn't bother, do they? The good ones They're don't like, bother doing that sort of you're stuff. You're going to buy us anyway. We don't need to pander to you with your novelty items. And the other ones, I guess, how they're made, perhaps they don't put the good chocolate in because you're not buying it for the nice tasting chocolate. You're buying it because of the nitro d aren't you? But imagine if you had, like, the combination of the good chocolate and then the novelty item. It would just, maybe that's the issue. It's too beautiful and the universe would explode with its beauty and perfection. It's too beautiful to exist. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. At the shop, though, isn't it? I just think we could try it, you know? Like, let's not discount it straight away. If you're a little kid and you go, oh, I really want this. It's the same with advent calendars. You grab a shitty advent calendar, it's crappy chocolate and you're not going to like it. Part of the fun, though, the advent calendar. The gross chocolate is part of the fun. Yeah. But we get Cadbury ones because they're delicious. It's quite the fun, though, you get the, the, the bad chocolate with the advent calendar. Maybe it's because it, most of that stuff is aimed at kids. Maybe kids don't care. Um, kids can taste. 
And they can taste the difference between good chocolate and bad chocolate. Oh, but they can't just go buy their own chocolate, can they? No, but then that's the issue. They're well, like, not even what's given to them today. But that's the issue. They're like, oh, I want a Barbie advent calendar. They get the bloody Barbie one. It's disgusting. They have no idea what's happened. Have you got something to talk to your parents about? <laughs> I'm just saying. That time we got a... Did we get a Frozen one? An Elsa and Anna one? Because that was all that's there. What year did we get a bad advent calendar? We, we got a bit... Late, didn't we? But like halfway through December because we missed out originally. We ended up with a crappy one, and oh, I'm still scarred from that memory. Then we got a Fredo one as well, didn't we? One year. Oh yeah. Like Fredo frogs in the advent. That was yeah, pretty good. That was a bit more expensive. But pay for. worth it, right? I'm just saying for Easter, I indulged in all the usual chocolate brands, but it would have been nice to just have a little, a little something that was a bit novelty that tasted nice. Get on a Cadbury. You can start a petition or something. Well, I tweeted at them. Did they tweet back to you? Yes. What they say to they you? They said, delicious idea. What did you say originally? I said, great idea for a chocolate. Easter eggs, like caramello eggs, like little ones, but with peppermint. Like, you know, mm. peppermint chocolate that's green and groupy and amazing? Yeah. That in an Easter egg form. It would be amazing. And I would eat 20 million of them. So next year, if, if we see them. It's me. It's all my idea. They I'm should put saying, your name on it somehow. I'm just saying they might not have got the idea from themselves. <laughs> but they said delicious idea and tweeted at me and I, I was like, oh, but I haven't received a call or anything yet or like, do you want us to come in and have some taste tests? You know, mm. That would have been nice. Well, if Pauline Hanson can start a campaign <laughs> to get rid of halal chocolate, <laughs> maybe you can get a mint chocolate the, the campaign. The least I can do is get some peppermint eggs. <laughs> Well, we're still going through our chocolate at the moment. It's the week after Easter. You go through that, that classic phase, you know, of trying to save it and then it just eat it all. Well, who are these people who can save it for months on end and it's, you know, it's September and they've still got a few Easter eggs left over? I don't know who these people are and what kind of drugs they're on for their self-control, but they don't I deserve, just don't have that. They don't deserve chocolate if they're going to they waste deserve- it. <laughs> Easter Bunny doesn't go through all the pain earlier in the year for them to save it. But then aren't you the fool? Because in September they've still got Easter eggs and you don't. Yeah, but they're not eating them. Well, they might though. Maybe it's an option thing. Like if they just feel like Easter in September, they can have it. Mm, no. You can have chocolate all year round. You can't have so Easter true. chocolate in November, yeah. can you? No, I agree. Easter chocolate for Easter, regular chocolate rest of the time. Doesn't taste as good though, does it? Regular chocolate? No. No. There's definitely something in Easter eggs. I don't know whether it's the alfoil or the fact that they're packaged like a year in advance and they're just mm. old. Mm-hmm. But something about it was good though. Oh, the smell and the oh, I feel like one right now. This is amazing. Don't get get one. No, it's fine. I'll hold out we for can, our listeners. No, we can have one while we finish off the rest of the show. It'd be an interesting experiment. For but then people. we're going to be smacking and like they'll hear us chewing. It's authentic. Mm, is it? Apparently, Sine hates joy and happiness. <laughs> so we won't be doing this for the rest of the show. Okay, then moving on without Easter eggs. Maybe we have one as a reward at the end. Yeah. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds okay, good. Cool. Beauty and the Beast, the new version, directed by Bill Condon, starring Emma Watson. Other people, doesn't really matter. She's the main draw card. Who? Dan Stevens, Sir Ian McKellen, Ewan McGregor, Emma Thompson. I guess so. I guess so? You said I guess so to Sir Ian McKellen. I'm sorry, Sir Ian, if you're, I assume you're listening to this. Syrian, Syrian, Syrian. <laughs> you shall not pass. Syrian, Syrian. I like that because it's a little nugget for people who have seen that. And they can 
But for everyone else, they'll just be like, what just happened? But <laughs> did they have a seizure on the podcast? But for the people that know, they you'll know, know. They know. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is people went to see this movie for, for Emma Watson, didn't they? No, I went to it because it was Beauty and the Beast, one of my favourite Disney classics. One that I rewatched often as a child. I had on VHS and I watched so often that it used to have that crackling thing, you know, mm. when you'd watch it and it'd mm. like fuzz up and everything because the tape was getting destroyed. Belle was my kindred spirit. I borrowed, I think someone's friend had a proper yellow bell dress. I borrowed that for book week one week. Felt very special. She loved books, like me. She had brown hair, like me. I'm very jealous of Emma Watson getting to play her. So you're saying that there was already a really good version of this movie. Yeah. That you loved and watched. Yeah. That perhaps was okay as it was and didn't need to be remade. I see your argument, and yes, I agree. There's no need for it. But it was so good, and it was so nice, and it gave me all the nostalgia and the feels, and just, oh, it made me feel like a little kid watching Disney again. It gave me that kind of wonder when you're a little kid going to the cinema and you're like, oh, my God, this is just magic. And I don't care what you naysayers say, that we didn't need it and whatever. It was beautiful. So now his thoughts are pretty clear on this one. It just does such a great job of paying, like, homage to the original whilst also being fresh and having, like, some new characters and some new, like, I don't know, it was just, oh, I want to watch this a million times over and over again forever. I think this is the best reimagining of a Disney classic ever. Although I haven't seen a live-action Cinderella and I've only seen Maleficent, I think, as the live-action which was definitely not as good as Sleeping Beauty. And there was Alice in Wonderland, but that was kind of its own yeah, interpretation of that as well. So I don't know that's got much competition, but still it's amazing. It's and Jungle best. Book as well. We haven't seen Jungle Book yet. We haven't, though. Yeah, it was really good. It was, it was a great film, really. I love musicals and I like this one. Musical elements were awesome. Oh, yeah. So it's basically like a, a musical of Beauty and the Beast. There was discussion when they were doing it whether they were going to do it like a proper musical or whether they were just going to have like the songs... Is a proper musical, like the characters stop and they sing for a bit and then mm. they go back. Rather than just having the songs play over the action. Yeah. yeah, which is amazing and another mm -hmm. thing I love. So, you know, combining two loves into a whole love. Love. I love this movie so much. Is there anything you would have improved upon? Um, or changed or? Yeah. Well, I liked the addition of several new songs. Um which was very interesting. There were some, like, originals there and some new ones. It's, it's about half an hour longer than the original version. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's fine. I liked the... We were all very worried about the dress, okay, because the dress is such a big thing. We were, yes. <laughs> Us true fans were very worried about it and wanted it to be, like, we were like, oh, okay. It is the most beautiful dress. It is, like exactly what that dress would be if it was made today. And it was the reveal of it was treated with such respect and, and the creators obviously knew that it was such a big deal to the viewers and the way that it was handled. The same as the way that everything was revealed and sort of handled because they sort of played on the idea that we already knew it was going to happen a little bit, you know, and it just, oh, it was just so beautiful. They didn't try to do anything, like, too different. Mm. They just put, like, a little spin on certain things. They really, you could tell they really liked the original version and they yeah. were doing this one justice. It wasn't... And I've made fun of it a little bit for not being 
you know, needed. But if you're going to do this sort of thing, if you're going to go back, nostalgia, rise, something, you may as well do it well and with love, and this is what they did. Absolutely. It wasn't cynical. They're not trying to make money, which they're a bit trying to make money, but they're not just trying to, you know, monetize your childhood. They actually were trying to make a great film as well. I feel like, yeah. A part of my view is obviously clouded because I am so in love with Disney and everything Disney and the first one. So I can't, I don't think I could ever see this film objectively, which is the problem. But it's not a problem for me because I loved it, but it's a problem when it comes to analysing a film because I don't think I could ever say I hated this because of its premise and the way it's put up. I didn't ask you a question before. I was a bit of a politician. Was there anything I didn't like or that I would change? There was some... Things like they included the sorceress a little bit more in this or the, mm. the witch lady that put the spell on mm. the castle and everyone. I don't think that was really necessary, all of her inclusion and all that all that kind of stuff. And they also made um, Gaston a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more violent and made him do some worse things than he does in the original, mm. which I don't know if it was really needed, but maybe it was at that time, but... I just like that they kind of they filled in a lot of gaps too, like about why it was just um, yeah, Belle why, and her dad and how they got to the village and why the villagers didn't didn't realize, know. Yeah, yeah sure. like I liked that kind of stuff because it kind of filled. It didn't. It wasn't like um, Rogue One where we had to fill in the gap between a film and a plot hole. It was just plot hole was in burning commas there. Yeah. It was just also, giving some extra information, some extra background information mm-hmm. to like widen the universe and, and make it, you know, more special. Can I talk about my main problem with this story? Yeah, the main so premise. This is the problem. issue that you have an issue with the original premise, which means that it carries on into this film, right? It's not necessarily an issue you have with this film. Yeah, it's just the original film as well. Yeah, and kind the original of, story. And the story itself. Mm-hmm. So I, I've never been able to work out, and if you can tell me, that'd be great. You, as in you, Sinead, or you, as in. Listener. Mm-hmm. So the dad gets captured, right? Yeah. Well, he wanders in and then the beast is like, you got to stay here now yep. as punishment. Mm. don't really understand that. You could just let him go if you wanted to, right? Yeah, but Maurice represents the world, like the outside world and the villagers that were so mean to him and he's angry at the world, Lonnie. He's angry at the world and he takes out on Maurice. Maurice I has everything so. that the beast but, wishes he has. But then Bell turns up and he's like, mm-hmm. all right, we'll do a swapsies, a little tradesies, but yep. Bell stay with me. Yep. Have to, I he could let her go at any point. Yeah, as emphasized by the fact when he does, because he realizes that he loves her. I'm just saying, if if there was more reason why they had to be put together, if that was part of the spell or something, it'd make more sense that they these two unlikely people are pushed together. At the moment, he's just being a dick to her for no yeah, reason. Yeah, so there's are you talking about those arguments that are like it's basically Stockholm syndrome in a film? No, I don't really care about the Stockholm syndrome thing. What I'm interested in is the fact that he's basically keeping her against her will and she's really annoying and is causing all this trouble for him and annoying him. Hmm. Why doesn't he just say, leave then, bye, get rid of you? Because I think deep down he knows that she could be the one. She could be the one to break the spell. But I think if she had to, had to be there and they had to interact, it'd be stronger. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Hmm. Well, so I'm not really sure why... She steps in for a dad. She wants her dad to be free. He's old though, isn't he? She loves him. My dad doesn't listen to the show, so <laughs> I can be frank here. Are you saying if I was old, if I was like 90, and you for some reason were younger than me, you wouldn't substitute for me? 
Because I was going to die soon. <laughs> Why'd you put yourself in this scenario? Why couldn't you just say my dad? I don't know. <laughs> if it was you, I'd, I'd be with the beast and the beast and I'd become friends probably. Even if I had like two seconds to live, as is what you're making it out to be, Maurice is going to drop dead any second. No, it just seems weird that she, she loves him. And Maurice is like, all right, then, thanks. <laughs> Got some stuff to do anyway back home. Uh, I just feel like the story's good when it's the beast and the and the beauty coming together and be friends and whatever. And more than that, you know, mm. ding dong. Oh. <laughs> But the, the way they've been put together for the whole opposites attract scenario, I don't quite buy it. Okay, fair enough. But still a great film. I like Josh Gad as the best. He's the best character. Yeah, he's amazing. He always is the best character. He in plays um, LeFou, and he is just, he's like so great. He's, oh, he's just so funny. He's amazing. I just want to say one thing quickly, Snowy. Remember this came out and there was all this controversy about the gay agenda in it? Oh, That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard about. I was expecting there to be like, I don't know, a full-on orgy or something. <laughs> like, like the way people were <laughs> reacting, you'd expect like the biggest thing to be happening on screen. Spoiler alert, two guys smile at each other, basically. That's it. There's a line in the song that suggests someone might be batting for another team. Yeah. And then... Two guys smile at each other. That's in, literally it. In in a musical, there might be uh, some gay overtones. What what a remarkable thing! <laughs> uh, yeah, insane. I, I didn't get that at all. If your sexuality can be be changed or, or challenged by a small bit in the song and two guys locking at each other, is that like easily threatened? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I don't think that's how homosexuality works. No. In regards to that, though, how great is it that there are gay cat? Well. Presumably gay characters in a Disney film. Oh, yeah, totally. It shouldn't matter. No, there are a lot of black people in the film too, and it's amazing. And there are a lot of, like, it's just, it's just so great. Oh, it's such a diverse yeah. cast. To, to clarify, if the, the characters were fully fully gay, um, overtly in a homosexual relationship, that would be fine too. I wouldn't have a problem with that. No. The fact that it's it's a small nod to that as well mm. doesn't mean it's good just because it's small. It's, it's yeah. fine no matter what. The fact that there was such a huge controversy over something that was so small, that's what's amazing yeah. to me. And I love that the argument was don't sexualize Disney movies or, like, yeah. animated things. Because, because the kids watch them. Every film ends with the prince kissing the princess exactly. and, like, Sleeping Beauty, she gets kissed when she's asleep. Mm. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, on that, though, Belle is such a strong character, like a female character anyway, mm-hmm. you know. Like, she isn't really interested in... She doesn't just get married off to Gaston because that's what she thinks she should do. I don't know. She's really independent. And Emma Watson had a lot to do with the furthering of that in this live-action film, obviously because she's a proud and out feminist and um, really interested in women's rights. But don't you think she's just so – Belle is such a cool character. Like even if she wasn't a Disney princess or whatever, Mm. didn't you feel that sort of sense of independence and like strength from her? Especially, like, her song that she does when she says she doesn't want to get married to Gaston. Like, it's just so, oh, yes. Like, you're rooting for her, you know? 100%. Yeah. She's wonderful. Isn't it funny, though? That whole bit of the first, her whole first song, um, this provincial town, mm. know, it's talking about how she's the one out and everyone thinks she's weird and stuff. Yeah. It's that 
we like that in characters and films when they're odd out, odd one out, because we can identify with the person who's always the weird one or whatever. Yeah, the outsider. However, in real life, we hate weird people. And we yeah, shun that's very them. true, yeah. We, you know, general we. We think we're Belle, but we're the villagers, really. <laughs> For most people, that would that's very accurate. Yeah. There were a couple of, like, cringeworthy moments. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Remember that when the young prince comes in and sings, like, a different, a new song, and it's very like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. Which bit? The bit where I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. By the bed. Yeah, and then the flashback. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty weird. <laughs> that was weird, wasn't it? Still cool. Though. And I'm not sure. I liked all the stuff about Belle's mother and the transporting in the book in the book thing. You could go like I was a bit lost with that. Maybe that was probably wasn't needed as well. Yeah, I was a bit. Stick yeah. to the classics, you know. Yeah, gushing about. But the credits of this film are so mm. gorgeous. Like they're just throughout the whole film, there's this beautiful like gold hue over everything and that links in with her dress that she wears to the ball and everything. But it's just like like gold leaf, like edible gold leaf. It's that over everything and it's so stunning and it's like embossed in the drawings that are in the credits and um it's very French, like it plays on the fact that it's set in France and tries mm-hmm. to make that realistic, mm-hmm. like even having the credits written in French or, mm. or things like that. I just think it's really, oh, it's just so beautiful. Like it's beautiful to look at. Like everything is visually so stunning, absolutely beautiful. And it was not at all weird, the animation of the beast. I thought that was mm. going to be really yeah, odd fine. and like take me out of it, but I totally bought all that and I thought it was wonderful. I kind of thought it was a bit cute to be honest. Did you? Do a bit of a thing. The beast. I thought he wasn't beast-like. I thought he was kind of cool. Like animals, I guess. <laughs> I'm not going to go out and try and have sex with him. So no, this... that's... I wasn't insinuating that. You're the one who says you've got a crush on the beast. I thought he was cute. I don't think he was beast-like. Can he remind you of Cooper? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we have edible gold leaves, you know? Why can we actually eat gold? People can feel fancy. It doesn't taste like anything. I've had it before. It literally tastes like nothing. It could very easily have not been there and it would have been fine. <laughs> Crazy world we live in. So I'm guessing you're giving it five stars? I think I'll give it four and three quarters. Okay. And I'll take the quarter off for the not sure it was really needed, the weirdness with the sorcerer and maybe the thing about the mum. I think I'll but take that off for that. And that's only a quarter. Pretty good. I'll probably give it three out of three or four. Three! Oh, three and a half then. Three and a half? Yes. Okay, what are you taking your one and a half stars off for? Explain yourself to the people. It wasn't needed. Whole film. Well. Yeah, but it wasn't a joy. It was still good, yes. Mm-hmm. The whole bit I talked about with the premise, I don't quite buy it. Yeah. It isn't worth one and a half stars yet. I, I reckon it is. Three and a half. And, yeah. What if you did three and three quarters and then I did four and three quarters okay. and it's like even? <laughs> There you have. Lonnie gives it three and three quarters. <laughs> sure. It's an amazing film. Please go see. It's probably still out. It's pulling me out for ages and it'll be everywhere. I okay. honestly want to go back and see it in the cinema. Okay. Like I really want to go watch it again. It was so great. I love it. I'm definitely going to buy it. Maybe we can organise a day where I can go see something else and I'll go see Get Out and you can go see I'm not universe. seeing Get Out. No way. If you're listening to this podcast hoping that we review Get Out, just don't worry about <laughs> it. It's not happening. Why don't you want to go see it again? 
fine. See, the thing is, right, I'm such the target audience for this film, aren't it's, I? It's 100% made for you. You saw it when you were a kid. I saw it when I was a kid. It's a Disney princess movie. Disney. Like, did you have you even seen the original? Yes. Do you remember it? Yes. Vaguely. <laughs> no, I saw it a couple of years ago. I didn't see it when I was a kid or anything. You didn't see it when you were a kid. It didn't come up. It didn't come up. I didn't see many Disney princess films when I was a kid. Yeah, see, this is the issue. They were very much marketed mm. to little girls, not little boys. See, I saw Aladdin, but I didn't see Beauty and the Beast. <sighs> see, this is the issue. I think this is what separates that one star in our rating, is that you didn't have the nostalgia, whereas yeah. I did. The nostalgia beefed your square a little bit. I yeah. Reckon. But I don't even care, because yeah. it was great. <laughs> if you like it, you like it. Screw everybody else. If you've liked this podcast, why don't you give us a like, rating, review, tell somebody. Look, if you're not going to do it by now, you're never going to do it. So if, if you're a new listener, go for it. If you're an old listener, thanks. If for I nothing. <laughs> if I tell them about the 50 episode thing, do you reckon that'll like get them on board? It might do. So this is episode 42 of the podcast. Well, official episode. We've done a few extras here and there. Yeah. However, we're going to make it to 50. Yeah. Right? 100%. And then we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll go to 100 and then see again. Maybe not. But if you want to come along on what could possibly be the last eight episodes of this podcast, <laughs> this wild ride, is this how they do it? Like to hook people in? I don't know. Please just listen. We have no one's listening. No one cares. Love us. <laughs> it's all one way. Moment. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. 